Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. I'm delighted to have on the phone from Bushel Boy, Owatonna, Chuck Tryon, president of that organization. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Karen. Good to be with you. Yeah, so now are you officially in Owatonna yourself? I am. I'm sitting here in Owatonna right now, and we also have a, a new facility in Mason City, Iowa, where I spent some time also. Wonderful. Well, I know that I'm really excited about this because, number one, I'm a gardener, but also to talk about you in relation to Every Day is Earth Day and how you're doing this sustainable production here in the state of Minnesota where you're growing tomatoes, you're growing strawberries in the middle of winter when it's, what, 25, 35 <laughs> below, and you can transport it to the store just down the road without having to all these, you know, going over all the roads, wasting all the, the fuel, et cetera, and we get fresh food. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's really good to be here, and that's you described uh, what we do perfectly. Well, let's talk about what is Bushel Boy exactly. I know that you're a farm, but... What exactly do you do and how do you do this year-round that you're able to garden? Because, of course, I'm a master gardener, and I would love to be out gardening, but I can't do it. So let's talk about what you do. Yeah, so we've um, we've got a series of, of very high-tech glass greenhouses. Um, in, in Owatonna, Minnesota, we've got uh, about 33 acres uh, that are under under these glass greenhouses. Um, everything um, is climate controlled. Uh, we keep them uh, we keep them heated throughout the winter time. Um, we we use artificial lighting um, only during the winter. We we rely on natural sunlight during the rest of the year. But during the winter time, we're using um, we're using supplemental light from uh, uh, within that system. And then we're we're feeding all these plants, uh, you know, primarily tomatoes, but also strawberries, as you mentioned. Feeding them with. Uh, um, through our irrigation system, it's uh, it's really a, a closed loop circular system where we uh, give those plants just the amount of water that they need, the amount of nutrients that they need. Um, anything that the plants don't absorb and uptake uh, gets captured, um, recirculated, um, goes through a UV uh, system to uh, to decontaminate the water, and then we use it right back again. So it's a really really um, good use, particularly of water. Obviously, that's a, a concern across uh, across the planet. Um, and and the ability to grow in this manner uses significantly less uh, water than you know traditional um, open field uh, farming would. Now this, the organization you said it's it's something like thirty three acres, and that doesn't sound like a lot for a farm. I'm from a big dairy farm, so we had lots of acres. So uh-huh. talk about how you started. What, what did you start as a little gardener someplace, or or what is your background, Chuck? Yeah, so the, the the company itself started about 30 years ago. So there oh, was a, wow. a, a local a local a local entrepreneur started as um, really with the idea of of um, doing what what you said. How do you replicate um, being able to have that delicious um, backyard garden grown tomato that um, is so incredible in the month of August in Minnesota? And and how do you have that all year round? Um, and and it, so it started with a you know a small kind of low tech uh, greenhouse um, you know um, it, you know in sort of the single digit acre uh, realm. And then as the business grew, um, additional greenhouses were were added. So it, it sort of um, it, it grew very um, you know no pun intended very organically just in terms of, of the ability to 
develop the demand across uh, across Minnesota, um, and then continuing to add on additional greenhouses uh, on on the site in in Minnesota, and then uh, to the point where 30 years later we now have a, a second location, so another 17 acres in Iowa, so um, 50 acres of, of greenhouses growing. Uh, growing year-round in a in a very um, efficient way, and and what I, what I mean by that is is um, our tomatoes um, grow on very long vines. Those those vines are suspended from uh, from high ceiling high glass ceilings, um, and at, at the end of their life, our um, our tomato plants will 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 run um, about forty five weeks, um, so much longer than your your traditional yeah. you know summer backyard season. Um, and those those vines at the end of their life are you know can be upwards of fifty feet long. Um, so obviously they are indeterminates. Uh, <laughs> ex- exactly, exactly. Well, so then, do you? I assume do you compost too, or what other sorts of things do you do in terms of being sustainable in the yeah, this so, form of so agriculture? Throughout the, yep. So throughout the season, um, um, all of the as we're tending to the plants and as we're removing leaves and removing uh, kind of uh, just keeping up with the crop itself. Um, all of that byproduct that goes out of of the, the greenhouse um, goes to compost. Uh, so that's one one way. Uh, I talked about water. The other piece that we do that's important is um, you know we talked about heating these greenhouses in the winter time. We've got um, you know boilers that we run that provide the heat to our greenhouses. Um, we actually capture the CO2 um, that's um, that's produced as a byproduct of those boilers. Um, so that CO2 is not released into the into the atmosphere. It's captured by us. Um, and then actually pumped into the greenhouses to supply the CO2 that the plants need. Um, so that's another critical element for us. Now that's fascinating because, of course, we we are talking about carbon collection and that sort of thing. And how exactly does that work? And I guess I know because plants obviously need CO2 and give off O2. So it seems yep. like that's I would is it really a boost then for those plants or? or? It, it really is. It gives them. It gives. It gives additional CO2 that they that they really do need. So it's a. It, it's a. It's a. It's 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 very symbiotic. We 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 generate it. We capture it. Um, run it in uh, into the greenhouses. It goes. It, it goes. It flows in as a as a gas through, um, you know, through tubing that's um, that exists underneath the, where the plants are located. Um, so it's the it's a perfect way to supplement the the additional CO2 that's beneficial for the plants. So how much CO2 do you think you are? capturing that otherwise would be lost um that's a figure karen that i don't have okay we'll we'll do it we'll do a follow-up for you on that uh, but i don't have that at my fingertips and now you mentioned boilers um are you using any kind of renewable fuels or is that a thought because i didn't know if you used anything with solar or anything else or are you using gas or what kind of things do you use those boilers we're we're using natural gas um we are working with with the, the the energy companies um on you know supporting their um, their renewable efforts. We're not doing anything directly yet with, um, you know, with with solar or wind or, or or other avenues. But working closely with the, you know, with with the local companies uh, to support their efforts and, and continue to look to see what else we could, you know, we could do to um, to improve that piece. What I'd say is um, we, you know, we feel proud about um, about the our, our sustainability efforts to date um but we're not satisfied we're we, we need to be even better and need to find more opportunities so that's you know for us it's a 
you know, sustainability is a journey, and and we're 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 happy about the things we do so far, um, but we're not satisfied with that, those. We need to keep getting better. So you're recycling water, which is awesome, and you're capturing the CO2 and essentially recycling that, and you're making organic. Uh, compost, which is awesome as well. Now, do you use that compost back again, or are you do you do hydroponics at all? So, so we don't directly use that that compost. Our you know our products would be considered kind of uh, hydroponically grown. They're suspended okay. in a in a growing medium, so we're not using that um, you know that you know that as a as a method of, of fertilizer. Okay. Um, so um, the other thing I'd, I'd say that's um, important for us is, is we're not using any chemical um, oh, uh, nice. synthetic pesticides. Um, so we are, um, you know, so as we look at, at, you know, even though we have greenhouses, we, um, we, we still do battle um, 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 natural pests that plants have. And we use, um, for the most part, use predatory wasps and, and, oh. and, and, and methods like that to manage any pest pressure that, uh, that our, our plants could face. I think that's wonderful. I was noticing on some of the job descriptions, because I'm, of course, really interested in horticulture and that kind of thing, and it said, must not be allergic to bees or not be <laughs> worried about being around those sorts of things. And you mentioned predatory wasps. So how how are they used? What sort of things do they do in terms of helping with your, I guess, being an yes. insect, insect control? Yep. Yeah, so the, the predatory wasps are an important part of our integrated pest management program. What they really do is they they target and, they, and they're used in 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 open field farming in, in certain uh, areas as well. But they're you know they're they're you know small predators that go after the the natural predators. So there's there are various fly types of flies that um, that can impact a, a, a crop like tomatoes. Um, so um, so there are you know there are other you know other insects that um, that prey on the, on the bad insects, and that's what we use them for. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned bees, so we also um, do use so we use bumblebees to to pollinate all of our plants. So um, so throughout the day, there we have our our greenhouses are filled with bees flying around pollinating during the day and and returning to their hives in the greenhouse at night. Um, That's wonderful because pollinators, of course, is such an important important thing, and to have natural pollen pollinate colonizers is, is really, yeah. really great. So you produce these tomatoes hydroponically. Talk a little bit about hydroponics and how that works, because I've, I've only done in the ground gardening. That's what I know. Yeah. And so the, the, the plants are, are um, you know, very similar to a, a tomato plant that you might have, but rather than going into dirt, it's going into um, some form of, of, of media that will, that holds the roots. Um, and that could be, there's various types. Um, we use one that's a, that's basically a, a coconut fiber um, um, as, as the medium. So it, it, it basically serves the purpose of, of holding the roots. Um, and then, and then, the, the hydroponic piece is us providing the irrigation water that has the nutrients in it um, that is that is that goes directly into each each plant that's suspended in these in these growing mediums. Now, what kind of nutrients are you using? Do you use or you mentioned organics before? Is it organic nutrients or what sorts of things are going in? Yeah, so we're not presently using organically certified nutrients, but it's you know the same types of of. Of fertilizer, the same inputs that you would use in in your own garden, mm-hmm. are the same requirements that these plants have. Um, the the benefit we have is is we're able to know exactly what they what they're taking in and how much they need. So we're controlling that that amount. So we're not over 
um, over-fertilizing or, or providing more nutrients than the, than the plants themselves need. Um, we've looked at, um, you know, the potential to do, to do organic, um, you know, uh, all organics. That's, that's certainly something we could do. Um, it really comes down to challenges in the supply chain right now. The practices that we have are um, kind of fulfill the needs of organic. Um, we just haven't transitioned over to um, all um, fully certified organic inputs um, just at this point, quite honestly, given the, the challenges of having enough supply of those inputs to be able to, to continue to, to produce under that, under that method. Do you produce various varieties of tomatoes, or is there a certain variety that you produce in terms of what's growing in your greenhouses? Yeah, so we, we, we do. We've got one uh, kind of our, our uh, sort of original claim to fame is a, is a variety that's, um, that we sell in the stores uh, as a sort of a cluster of full-size tomatoes that are still on the vine. So it'll be a cluster of four or five tomatoes. Uh, uh, that are on the vine. That's that's kind of our bread and butter um, that that we produce. Um, we also produce a larger um, what you what you think of as a beefsteak tomato um, that we that we sell. And then just over the last few years, we started producing a, a pretty wide variety of smaller snacking type tomatoes. So um, cherry tomatoes, grape tomatoes, um, starting to do some different colors beyond just red. Uh, of those uh, of those items that are packed both on, on still on the vine or loose in in more pints that you that you're used to seeing in the stores. And now you mentioned you opened a facility in was it Mason City as well? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so just last year uh, we just passed our our one year anniversary. So we um, built a, a very high tech facility down there um, to you know you really just help us continue to to build out our business in the in the upper Midwest. We're we're a we're a, a Minnesota proud company, but we we really supply the upper Midwest and want to continue to have the um, the, the the right footprint to be able to do that. You know, you mentioned you've been around for a number of years. In the past, in the winter, I mean, it seems like in stores you just didn't get a lot of good fresh produce because it would be shipped from California or wherever, and it has to often go in trucks and transported, be transported over many, many miles. And then a lot of times they would harvest them when things were not really ripe, so they would ripen on the way, so to speak. So do you, yep. when you grow things, are you ripening them on the vine so it's just like out of the fresh out of your garden then? It's exactly what we do. That's that 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 is um, that's what's made us kind of built this brand up over thirty years. So so that exact concept of ripening on the vine is it is what makes us different. Um, so we're able to you know to let that that product ripen fully um, while it's still on the vine, not while it's while it's you know on a truck. And and that does lead to the you know people wonder why you know what is why does that tomato from your garden taste so good in August? It's because it was fully ripened on on the vine. So we do that twelve months out of the year. In your 30 years, uh, Chuck, what has been some of the biggest changes you've seen or evolve in terms of sustainability and, and moving toward more sustainable practices? Yeah, what I'd say that um, one big one, and we talked a lot about about water, um, mm-hmm. as we built our, our new facility in, in Iowa, um, what we were able to do is um, not only have that, this closed-loop system of, of reusing the water, but we're also capturing all of the water, all the rainwater and snow melt off of the entire facility. Oh, so we're wow. able to capture all that, um, hold it in a, in a in a pond, and use that water um, um, throughout the year. So we can we can supplement it if we have to with with city water, 
but at this point, um, right now, we're we're going to be able to, in, in most cases, you know, short of of significant drought years, um, we're going to be able to utilize um, all the water that comes from uh, both rainwater and snowmelt at that facility. And that's um, that's that's new technology that's come into place um, that that's uh, that, that companies like ours are, are moving toward. So I'd say that's the that's the single biggest piece is, is that capturing of of water, um, and and really not needing to use any uh, any water. Uh, again, short of short of you know significant drought years. You know that is so exciting because it sounds like you have maybe one of the biggest rain barrels I've ever heard. Because I have four <laughs> rain barrels, one on each corner of the house, and I use and you know they run out, et cetera. But you sound like you are, I mean, using every bit of rain. Did you have any any issues this past year because of the drought we had? It- yeah, the, the our holding pond got um, um, was getting low, and and we um, we did need to, to supplement a, a little bit of time, but um, you know it, it 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 really just takes it takes one one good one good storm or one good good snowfall to uh, to have that fill up pretty quick. So um, so we, we had a little bit of little bit of issue just given the given the year that we had this past year, um, but but nothing nothing too significant. Well, and you mentioned you are while you aren't using organic fertilizers, the fertilizers you are going are are exactly exactly uh, what the plant needs so you're not having a lot of waste that's going into streams or ponds or things which is one of our biggest pollutants to our area water sheds so that's that's, that's kind right. of a, a great thing to to hear as well so you mentioned strawberries or i saw in your your uh, <laughs> your ad or your your promos yeah. that you do strawberries as well let's talk a little bit about that T- tomatoes sound like your primary crop and then strawberries are another one yeah, we are. We have just started our third season now of strawberries. Uh, we're growing them uh, in Owatonna, Minnesota. We've got a, a relatively new greenhouse that we built um, as really a research and development greenhouse so we can try new crops, we can try new varieties. Um, and so we, we started out um, two seasons ago just to see if we could, if we could grow them. Um, we we fine tuned it um, last year, and then this past summer, uh, planted our third season. We've doubled our acreage uh, of strawberries. We're selling them in stores, uh, primarily in the Twin Cities, um, as we've started to build up that. But we're starting to expand beyond just the Twin Cities. Um, the the strawberries are phenomenal. They're they're different than what you'd um, what you'd what you're really used to seeing in the stores. Um, and and the best way I can describe them, you know, think to you know think about those um, pick your own strawberry um, farms that mm-hmm. um, you know that 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 you can go to in the summertime in, in you know across Minnesota, and you've got these you know beautifully red very sweet strawberries um, though they're they're smaller in general than what you'd see in you know in the, in, a, in a big grocery store um, um, and and small doesn't mean you know in this case small means good it, it means all of that flavor is packed into that into that berry and that's what we produce a little a little you know a little bit smaller than than a, a, a big giant strawberry coming from California or Mexico um, but a strawberry that you'd expect to, to be grown in Minnesota and have that flavor that you that, that you think about all summer there's nothing worse than those giant strawberries they look so good and then you bite into it and you're so disappointed they lack the flavor and sometimes they're hollow and not quite exactly. ripe and so that's why I'm glad to hear that what brand are they sold under I mean if I went into a store wherever what would I see the strawberries or even the tomatoes packed under what labels yep, are they're, there different ones they're, they're all on nope they're all under the bushel boy brand okay so if I go in a store and I, I buy Bushel Boy, I'm essentially supporting local so- Southern yep. Minnesota. 
exactly. Anything anything that has the Bushel Boy brand is is all comes out of our our facility. The majority of it's coming out of out of Owatonna. Um, some of it there's some special items that um, that you come across that are coming out of uh, that might be coming out of our Mason City, Iowa. But it's all directly from our uh, from our 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 farms that we operate ourselves. So we're not we don't contract anything out. Um, everything is run by us on on these two sites. How much are you able to produce in terms of how much you're able to supply to stores in Minnesota? So we we are producing um let's just say we're in the in the um in the 20 million pound range of tomatoes a year. Um, so it's a lot of tomatoes. We we supply a, a great deal of the stores. Uh, the majority of, of, of stores in Minnesota, um, western Wisconsin, um, um, now into into Iowa and, and the eastern Dakotas, um, is it will, will be the Bushel Boy brand in, in most cases. So I'm finding that my local Cub or Hy-Vee, et cetera? Absolutely. Yep, exactly, exactly. Okay. Is there anything I look for? Is just uh, do the tomatoes each have like a little sticker on them or something? Yeah. So the so the the, the um, tomatoes that are sort of the, the the loose bulk tomatoes that you pick up will have a will have a, a bushel boy sticker on them. Um, you'll often see it in you'll see sort of the the bushel boy name and the and the outline of the state of Minnesota on that uh, on that uh, sticker. So you'll know it's either it's from us and it's from our our farm in Minnesota. And you also supply a lot of restaurants. We do. It's it's a. I'd say it's an emerging part of our business. Um, it's obviously been a, a a little bit more challenging over the last um, 22 months. You know, just given the given the the pandemic impact on on the food service and, and restaurant uh, industry. But it's it's an emerging piece, um, and, and will be a growing part of our business as as you know. Hopefully, that um, you know that you know, that industry gets the support it needs to be as, as healthy as it can be. There's nothing, like I said, there's nothing like locally grown food. How many others are there out there like you in terms of us being able to get fresh produce close to home? There's, you know, there's not a lot uh, that, that can grow it year round, mm-hmm. and so we're we're a bit unique, um, you know, in the in in terms of of tomatoes. There's, you know, there's really nobody else doing what we're doing in, you know, in this upper Midwest uh, area. When you get into um, some other crops like leafy greens, um, you'll start to see some others. So Rebel Greens, which is you know just north of us, um, you know, produces uh, produces uh, leafy greens, salad, um, you know, various um, lettuces and and salad kits. Um, um, Living Greens uh, is another one in in, in Faribault. So there, there are some others that are doing um, more leafy greens, fresh herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but these bigger crops like tomatoes, we're, we're pretty unique in that. Well, I hadn't heard about it before, and it was so cool. I was talking on my show one day, and somebody contacted me, I guess, from Bushel Boy and said, hey, did you know we're doing this in Owatonna? And I had no idea that we had these things being grown in the winter, that could be purchased in our local stores. So it's a, it's a pretty exciting thing. How did you get your interest in this business, Chuck? So um, I got mine in, and so I joined. I joined Bush and Boy just over a year ago. Um, I spent the you know my my career almost my entire career in the food industry. A lot of that on the um, um, kind of close to the world of specialty vegetables, uh, processed vegetables. So I worked for um, big food companies, Pillsbury and General Mills, for uh, for about twenty years. Um, a lot of that time was was managing uh, a business that they had, the Green Giant brand. 
Um, and so I've, uh, I've been in and around uh, uh, that business, in and around um, a number of, uh, of the vegetable processing facilities in, um, in Minnesota, from Rochester to, to Glencoe to Lesseur and Montgomery. So, um, so food's been uh, part, of my, part of my life from that standpoint. Um, being in a in in a uh, really a role in a company where where you're producing to your point um, we're we're doing things um, in a in a way that that is more sustainable than than some other farming practices um, and and we're providing year rounds um, you know the consumers in 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 our area with with really great tasting really nutritious products and and that's you know for me that's that's as satisfying as it, as it gets working in the food industry. When in the summer, when you can grow outside, does does Bushel Boy also grow anything outdoors, or do you just continue to do all indoor greenhouse stuff? We don't. We continue to to, to keep growing in the greenhouse. Um, okay. It's it's a really good atmosphere. Although it, I'll, I'll say it gets uh, it gets a little warmer <laughs> in those greenhouses in the in the heat of the summer. Um, but you know, in, particularly tomatoes are a, are a heat loving crop, mm-hmm. and, and so we continue to utilize the greenhouses twelve months out of the year. We're not growing anything outside. I want to talk about how you're contributing to the economy in Owatonna. How many people work there? What sorts of jobs are available for people interested in plants and growing things? Yeah. Yep. So we've got uh, we've got about 100 employees in uh, in Owatonna and about and another 50 down in, in Mason City, Iowa. And and the jobs that we have range, you know, everything from um, kind of our entry level, you know, greenhouse workers that are tending to the plants um, that are harvesting the fruit when it's when it's ready. Um, we've got um, areas uh, 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 and, and jobs around integrated pest management. Um, we've got jobs that are um, that are more technical, where where um, we we have you know growers and 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 assistant grower positions that are um, that are really for someone who's you know coming out with a you know with an agricultural degree, a horticultural degree uh, that would move into into those roles. So we've got um, really a, a good variety um, from sort of highly specialized you know technical growing roles um, to you know ent- entry level opportunities to see what, um, what what this business is like and 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 for you know really for people who love to be around agriculture love to be around around things that are growing um, in in a you know in a really fun environment it's it, it, it's you, you're while you're indoors you don't feel like you're indoors um, because you're surrounded by these you know these amazing plants I noticed on some of the job descriptions must be able to stand heat and humidity and I chuckled because I know tomatoes are a very a very demanding heat loving plant and I thought yep. I thought personally a lot of those jobs sounded like a lot of fun so <laughs> if yeah. I retire maybe I'll have to come over there because it sounds like well, that would, that would be awesome well and, and and even you know, beyond that, we would. Um, I'd love to have you come visit when uh, you know when things uh, um, would would work out. We obviously with with um, you know with the situation around COVID, we're yeah. we're we're managing pretty careful um, visitors to the greenhouse. But it's um, it's amazing to see, and 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 we would certainly love to have you come visit us. Um, I, I think you'll you'll find it as a you know, again as a gardener, you'll find it absolutely fascinating. Um, the you know how these plants grow, the the, the structures that they're in. Um, and just the technology that's behind it. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I noticed that you donate literally tons of tomatoes a year to help local food shelves fight hunger. And I think that's a neat thing you're doing in terms of being sustainable and contributing back to society. You want to tell us a little bit about that program you've got? 
Yeah, so we work closely, specifically with um, with Second Harvest Heartland uh, as a as a really good partner, and and um, and then some of the other other you know more local um, food shelves. But it's it's important for us to um, really support this this Upper Midwest uh, you know community. Um, again, there's there's a need out there. We've got products that um, that again they're they're nutritious. Um, they're available. They're fresh, and getting um, getting products like that, you know, into um, you know into the food shelf system that can support the needs around you know around you know not just the Owatonna community, but really the, the communities throughout the Upper Midwest. That's that's our goal. And and you know, there's times where we've got excess products. Um, there's times where we've got product that um, that that just doesn't um, um, that may not. Um, look right to go to a grocery store, but is perfectly um, of use for you know for 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 any number of of, of other opportunities, and um, not having that that product be wasted, not having it go, um, uh, you, know, t- you know, tomatoes themselves uh, aren't good for composting. Um, they're they're just they're too acidic right. uh, to go into into compost. So um, if we if we don't find a use for them, we also then have the extra impact that they're going to going to the landfill. And so um, for us, it's there, there's multiple positive reasons for us to to support those lo- those local food shelves. We are talking with Chuck Tryon, the president of Bushel Boy over in Owatonna. And this is probably a basic question I should have asked at the start. But why tomatoes? Why not some other vegetable or or something? Um, um, what I'd say to, to start with is, is tomatoes are in high demand, so they're mm-hmm. they're one of the larger you know the, the larger um, crops uh, produce crops uh, that uh, the grocery stores are, are looking for. So um, there's certainly the demand for them. Um, they grow really well in uh, in these types of high tech greenhouses. Um, you mentioned they are, you know they are heat loving crops, so um, so they work well in that. Um, they they have a they've got a, a, a long life cycle. So um, again, we can grow them for you know. 10, uh, you know, 10 plus months um, with on the same vine. Um, so that's the that's the main reason why tomatoes. Um, the the question of why not other things. Um, that's what we're working on. Mm. Is, is um, what are those other things? We talked about strawberries, but there's um, there's a whole list of sort of of usual suspects that also grow well. The the the, the love heat that work well in these in these greenhouses. You know, those are things like peppers. Um, you know, bell peppers, sweet peppers, spe- all types of specialty peppers. Um, cucumbers grow really well. Eggplants grow really well in these environments, and and, and that's that's the work we're doing now to see what's you know what's that next chapter for for bushel boy we've you know we've we've, we've gone the, the route of, of strawberries and 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 we're not done with that so we're still looking at, at what what's going to be next for us um, but i will tell you there will be something you know beyond tomatoes and strawberries for us in the near future well, i'm excited to hear that and i hope you will continue to work on sustainable processes management styles which you've seen like you're doing a lot of that now it's it's always great to hear I appreciate your time, Chuck, and I look forward to coming over sometime and actually touring because, well, I just love plants, for one thing, and and when it's this cold, it'd be nice to come inside a nice, <laughs> warm place. <laughs> so anything else you'd like to share with us before I let you go? I, Like I said, I really appreciate I, your time. I would just say I I, I, I appreciate your, your time. I appreciate your focus on, on, on sustainability and and. Um, and Making um, not just what what we at this will do, but but really you know what what um, what our community across the world of food and agriculture um, can do uh, from a sustainability standpoint. We've got to we've got to continue to find a way to um, in, you know to to lessen the impact that we all have on you know on the environment and and love having you kind of spearhead and be a voice for that. 
All right, we've been talking with Chuck Tryon. Where can we find more information about Bushel Boy? Chuck, if people want to look up some more detail, or if they want to even apply for some of your jobs that are available. Yeah, absolutely. Go to bushelboy.com, and and you'll find more information about us. You'll find information about jobs and careers uh, that that we have. uh, And then you're in your local store. Uh, We appreciate everybody's, everybody's support. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll be hopefully talking with you again when you got things, uh, new things happening. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks, right. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Chuck Try on there with Bushel Boy. The Every Day is Earth Day segment is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you are part owner, member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by Lee Pomeroy. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.